Welcome to the Mavens Do It Better podcast. And now, your host, Heather Newman. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mavens Do It Better. I'm super excited today to welcome on the podcast uh, Microsoft's Corporate Vice President of Azure Marketing and a good friend that I've known a long time who I love talking to and I've watched your career blossom for so long and you're amazing, Julia White. Yay. So welcome and thank you for joining thank you. us. That's a very long title. I liked it. I, I know. You, we could use that all the time, right? So um, I, I wanted to just have you on because you are one of those mavens that is experts in, you know, obviously the cloud and obviously marketing and, and just being a woman in tech and, you know, doing all these amazing things, you know, knowing a little bit about your background and stuff and just seeing you get to where you are. And I wanted to have you on to talk about, you know, your background and a little bit of those things. So will you tell everybody where you're from and, and, and uh, where, where you started this journey? Where, where it all began. Yes. And I was like, well, today I'm from Seattle. Yeah. Uh, I actually was a <laughs> originally born in a very small part of Idaho called oh. Idaho Falls and uh, where it was mostly potato farms and uh, I moved all over the U.S. as a child kind of east coast west coast and I learned I liked the west coast and uh, now I've been in Seattle for gosh almost 18 years. Wow 18 years. I know. Yeah, no, that's native. Forever. Yeah yeah absolutely and then you um, went on to school in, in at Harvard yeah. Uh, yeah, well, undergrad, I went to Stanford. So okay. I went to California okay. uh, and lived the, the California dream, which was great. Yeah. Um, and that's how I ended up actually starting my career in Silicon Valley, just because I was down there. Yeah. And when you're down there, you kind of it's hard not to be in that uh, in that uh, part of the business. Um, and then after after a couple of years working in Silicon Valley, then I went off to uh, business school in Harvard. And that's when I that's when I realized actually I'm not an East Coaster. Yeah. I had my mind was going to be an East Coaster, and then I lived a winter out there, and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, I'm not. I'm definitely not. Yeah. And then I was, I didn't know that, but now I do. Yeah, I got you. I grew up in Michigan and came to the West Coast in the 90s and was like, yeah, okay, I'm done. And I'm, right. I'm going south, right? So, Because I'm talking to you from Marina Del Rey today. So. Which is lovely. I've decided snow is for ski vacations. That's what I want. I, I agree with you. <laughs> That's awesome. So um, you were West Coast for a bit. You were East Coast. And then um, tell us about how you got started at Microsoft. Yeah, you know, I was uh, kind of one of those long shot type of things. So I was in, I would say, we started in Silicon Valley. I was at Intuit um, mm-hmm. right out from undergrad right. and got an awesome kind of set of experiences there and um, then went back to business school. And I was dead set on going back to Silicon Valley. Like, I was all about Silicon Valley. And when, when I was actually at Harvard, it was a, a real boom time for Silicon Valley. So not many people were, were leaving to go to back to business school. So I was one of the very few kind of technology folks. And literally, there was like two people from Silicon Valley in my class at Harvard. Wow. Um, like super rare. And so I was like the Silicon Valley person in my class. And I, you know, <laughs> took people back there. I was evangelizing it. I was all about it. And um, and so that was my total focus. But then it turned out when I started, you know, interviewing for different jobs, it was, and Microsoft was recruiting. And I thought, oh, you know, it's one of those things where like, oh, I hear Microsoft's hard to get into. I wonder if I can get into it. And, you know, let's just try. And so I, you know, kind of on a uh, long shot, just kind of inter- uh, interviewed for it. And then I met the people. And I was so impressed. And, you know, I was obviously talking to lots of people in Silicon Valley and different options there, but I just kept going like, God, I really like these people. And, you know, we're all humans, it turns out. And, uh, <laughs> and then, and then they would start talking to me about the opportunities they give me as like a brand new employee and was really impressed. So then I'm like, okay, let me go to Microsoft for two years. 
that'll be it. I'll go to my two years. It'll be great on my resume. And then I'll go back to Silicon Valley where I really belong. Right. And, you know, and that was now 17 years ago. So uh, <laughs> never, never say never and never forget that your plan will change. Um, and it just, it's been a super interesting ride. I started in uh, what was called back then server and tools. So I started in middleware. And our, when we were building our enterprise server business, which didn't really exist, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now people think we're only an enterprise company. But um, back then we were mostly a consumer company. Mm-hmm. And kind of got to start early on this place of change within the company, which is so interesting and so fun. Yeah. And, you know, lots of things from there, obviously. Absolutely. So, so you know, beginnings in Idaho Falls, which I think I've actually been to. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think I was in Boise and there was a tour of some theater and I've actually gone through, actually. So, yeah, I was like, wait a minute, I've been there. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, so Idaho Falls and then, you know, going on to, to school and stuff, I guess... Backing up into Idaho Falls, like, how did you know that you were a technologist or, 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 or you know, you don't like, I want to be a ballerina or a technologist or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what, what was, what was sort of that? Like, what sort of inspired you to kind of go, hmm, this is my journey and path, you know? Yeah, yeah, it didn't start in Idaho. Um, okay. I actually, I, I wasn't. I think I wanted to be a dentist for a long time, and then I decided <laughs> I was going to be a doctor. Okay. Um, so I actually started in Stanford in a pre-med program. Oh. So I went in thinking like I'm going to be a doctor. Okay. And then I did my freshman year, and I was like, oh, I, I hate this stuff mostly. <laughs> uh, so, and I wasn't doing well either. Right. And you know, those things go together. Yeah. It turns out. And then I was like, oh, crap, now what am I going to do if I don't want to be, like, I was going to be a doctor. Right. And um, so then I just took the opportunity to explore. So right. I started taking different classes. I started, you know, like dabbling in other areas. And uh, in kind of a few different areas, I ended up on this project. It was at the time in our communications program, but it was sponsored by um, Melinda Gates. And she was working on, do you remember Microsoft Bob? This piece of software oh, wow. from like a million years, with the little dog. Yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was like the very, it was like, you know, V1 of social uh, computer, you know, technology. Right. And it was terrible. But at the time, it was like <laughs> revolutionary. Now right. I was thinking about it this morning. I'm like, oh, my God, that was such a disaster. But um, but it got me hooked on this idea of how technology is going to change humanity. Because I think at the time, I was like, oh, you know, technology was still early-ish, and the programmers were cared, and we all used it for email. But that was about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, then I'm like, oh, this is going to fundamentally change how people live, work, play, when I saw the idea that our, our social life could be influenced in the, in the computer space as well. So that's when I was like, oh, I think this is my thing. I think this is the marriage of technology and social science that kind of got me hooked in. Yeah. And uh, from there, uh, that's when I, I guess a couple of years later, graduated and then went on to kind of do that type of, I started in more almost a UI design experience work when I went to Intuit. Uh, and started in that angle and then into more um, program management. So, that's, yeah. that's cool. And that that was a Melinda Gates inspiration way yeah. back. And yeah, I don't, did you read her article to, today or the, the other day about how she doesn't, um, she doesn't make a resolution, she picks a word? Yes, I love that. And I was like, oh yeah. And I was like, I don't know, for me this year, I think it's focus. Mm. Honing down and focus. I don't know, do you, I'm going to throw a zinger at you. Do you have a word yeah. for this year? You know, I, when I read that article, I started thinking, I was like, what is my word? I hadn't picked it yet, but let me pick, I was, I was honing it. I think, um, I think this year I'm going to say joy. Okay. Uh, and I think we can, you know, we can never have enough joy. Agreed. And, uh, uh, especially for me, I have, you know, I'm a very, you know, goal seeking, you know, 
driving kind of person, and mm-hmm. sometimes you can do that to the point you forget to have joy. Yeah. And uh, no, and I uh, and I'm actually this summer taking my sabbatical, which is amazing. Wow. And, you no, know, Microsoft gives you once in your career a sabbatical, so I'm taking it. So I'm I'm you know I have all this joy planned. <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm so happy for you. That's so great, so well deserved, and it's so nice that Microsoft does something like that too, right? It really is. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's so cool. Well, and. As far as, you know, I mean, you had a Melinda Gates spark, I guess. Yeah. Other sparks, inspirations, like, I, I where, where do you find, you know, some of that joy and some of that, oh, yes, you know, that, that moves you along in the world? What, whatever it is, tech, whatever, any anything that, that sort of moves you yeah. to the next step. I don't know. Yeah. I was like, um, I think there's some, like, key people, but also, you know, other uh, inspirations, too. If I think of, like, in my, my career and more of my life, the, the key people that have really inspired me. Obviously, I think Melinda Gates I would definitely put on the list. Sure. In lots, and you know, from Microsoft Bob to currently, I just love the work she's doing. Um, I'd say at a more you know founding level for me, my father was a huge influence, mm-hmm. and he was um, you know engineer and then turned into a, uh, executive, and I got to kind of be his shadow along his career. Right. And I remember, you know, these great memories of sitting at the dinner table talking about, you know, board meetings and how to drive change in organizations and just got a, like a, a real, in a, you know, a, a table side experience of being a leader and yeah. what it looks like and the good, bad, and ugly. And mm-hmm. he had terrible failures that I got to watch up close too. So it was just a good um, kind of world perspective on that one. Um, I also had, I was a, I was a competitive swimmer most of my life oh, and okay. um, actually synchronized swimmer. I should be super clear. Wow. Um, I know, who knew, right? Um, We're making hand gestures, sorry. (laughs) We're doing synchronous swimming movements. Can't see them, but you can imagine them. Uh, And I had a coach who was wonderful, and she, you know, she went with me at kind of two different Olympic trials experiences, and she was with me the whole time. And she was this beautiful woman, and she actually had cancer very young. And so Mm. she, through all of her years of coaching with me, she was also battling breast cancer. And she ultimately passed away when I went to college. Um, and she was just this wonderful influence to me of this drive, and she would, you know, kick my butt every day, but yet she was very much about, you know, enjoying your life and having that, you know, happiness as part of it versus just that goal-seeking, and that she was very holistic about it, and to me, that was such a great influence for me to see, and just, you know, life is short, right? And, yeah, you know, for sure. Not, not forgetting that in your day-to-day hustle yeah. uh, when you realize that life is short, and that, and that I think her... She had a very different perspective since she was battling cancer for so long that I've kind of told with me uh, as I moved yeah. through life. Um, and then I'd actually put my, when I went into it, uh, Scott Cook was the CEO back then. And he was, if you didn't know him, he was an ex-P&G kind of executive and came over and started into it. And he was so grounded on customer centricity. Like mm. He was so much about the customer. And I think that's such a great first job to have where it was just indoctrinated into me about this customer focus, customer focus. My dad had given me a lot of that too from his career, but um, Scott did it in such a beautiful way that came to life in technology, which I loved. And I still, you know, I still love TurboTax. I still love Quicken, uh, those <laughs> products uh, that sure. have that, that deep customer centricity to it. And so I think that even in all my years at Microsoft, I still hold that with me really closely and yeah. how I go about it. That's so, cool. Yeah. Right on. Well, speaking of joy and people who inspire and all of that, um, looking at, you know, work-life balance, you are, yeah. you are, you're an executive, you know, and you have high pressure, high demands, all of that stuff. And, you know, I know you're, you, you know, you have family and all of that yeah. and, you know, looking to balance those things. And I've heard you talk so eloquently about that before and a lot of the diversity and inclusion work that we do in and around Microsoft. And 
Will, yeah, you talk, uh, will you talk about finding that for other folks who are looking to, you know, figure those things out for themselves? Like, how do you, how do you do it? Do you, you know, demand? Do you, do you push back? Do you, you know, you know, and, and for yourself, but also how do you inspire that with like the rest of your team who also has high demands and high pressure, you know, yeah. on them as well? So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, a, a couple of things that have uh, made a big difference for me. So first of all, it, it's it's always a challenge, and, and at no one point in or one day do I achieve quote balance. It's about you know over the course of a, a long period of time, do I feel like I'm my you know my I'm getting the fulfillment I need out of both career mm-hmm. and uh, personal life. But a couple of things particularly that I learned early and have held dearly to me is around boundary setting, and uh, you know the. The experience I had was I had my daughter and I came back to work and uh, I would, you know, and before I had a kids, I would work long hours and I love work, so I was happy to do that. And then when I had my daughter, I was like, oh, it turns out I want to see her. Uh, <laughs> you don't know that before you have kids that you actually want to hang out with them. It's right. And then you're like, oh my God, I want to go see him. Um, so then I would leave at five to get home and, you know, we leave our nanny and see my, my new baby. And I would, I was so ashamed that I was leaving like, early at five o'clock that I literally would like sneak out the back stairs and like mm. tiptoe down and hope no one saw me right. and and it was just this guilt which I think is such a plague uh, for working parents and um, so I did that for like two weeks and then finally I was like this is completely crazy I can't spend the rest of my life sneaking out the back stairs like trying to pretend like I'm not leaving at five o'clock to see my family like it's crazy and it was this moment where I was like I'm either going to not work because this isn't going to work for me or I'm going to find something else or I'm going to just own it Right. and I want to be super clear about what I'm doing and I have to force myself to do this and so I was like all right I'm going to just hold like set my boundaries be super clear about them and not apologize and see what happens and so then I literally I could walk down the hall the next day and I was at five o'clock and I was like see ya I'm out of here goodbye hello you know really tried to like force myself to get out of the, the sneaking um and you know walked out the door and there I went and you know I lived that and I was you know, it's very clear. I'm like, hey, at five o'clock, I'm out. If you need to talk to me at nine o'clock and my daughter goes to bed, great. I'll talk to you then or I'll talk to you in the morning, whatever you need. But I just was really, really crisp about that. And I found that everyone was so incredibly supportive. And in fact, even I had a guy on my team a few weeks later come up to me and he was like, thank you for doing that because I'm a marathon runner and I really need to go train and have these long runs I have to do. And it gave me permission to go do that too. And so there was just this little spark of like, oh, wow, not only does it work for me, but my team needs it as well. Right. And, and so since then, I've just been like, man, it's about setting your boundaries, being super clear about them, and then not apologizing and not wasting any energy feeling bad or guilty. And because that's what eats the life out of you, right? Yeah. That's the soul sucking part of yep. work life balance. If you, if you feel bad about your decisions, that just ruins you. So I'm like, I am just clear and I do them and I live them. And you know, that gosh, my daughter is now 14. So it's been many wow. years yeah. of doing that. Okay. And it, you know, I didn't slow down my career. And does yes, do I work hard? Yes. Um, but gosh, when I'm with my family, I am with my family. Mm-hmm. And I see them and I am committed on that front. And I, I think that's another thing that I have made work for me is that I very much look at it as quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I'm at work, I am working. And I am like not messing around and I'm not bullshitting in the hallway. I'm like working. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and when I'm home, I'm home. I'm not checking my phone. I'm not trying to work on the fly. Like I'm home and I'm hanging with my family and I'm listening to my teenage daughter and all of her dramas and <laughs> I'm in. Right? Yeah. And it's very much about that quality experience. And, you know, my, 
my father was a, an executive and so he traveled he was on the road a lot a lot and yet he had such profound impact on me and it was because the quality of time we had not mm-hmm. the quantity yeah and I, I i hold that true and again also i think again you know uh, working moms can be plagued with so much guilt that yeah. it, it was good for me to have a role model that was of a parent who was a fantastic parent and yet didn't have tons of hours with me and right. so i can kind of take comfort in that yeah and what i love about that story and is that it, it's for you but it's also mm-hmm. you were you and you are encouraging that and also accepting that from other people on your team you know what i mean right. it's not a bolt-on of like i get to do this but nobody else does you know what I mean? No. Because I think yeah. that's important with a large company like Microsoft who mm-hmm. does have diversity and inclusion and is working to focus on mental health and taking care of people and accessibility and all of that, that it's, you know, it's not just an exec- any executive or anybody at the top saying, hey, you know, this is fine, but, but then it's not fine for my team. You know what I mean? And I think that's really exciting about the things that I've seen you talk about and also the programs sort of that, that have been coming out and... I don't know. What do you what do you think about sort of like diversity and inclusion has always sort of been around, but obviously with sort of the political climate and lots of movements and all of that, we've right. got sort of a, a bigger, brighter insurgence of that. And I feel like Microsoft's leading the way. And I don't know. What are you seeing inside sort of connecting all the dots that we've already talked about a little bit with them? Yeah, I do. I really feel like we've matured as as a, a you know a culture, but also particularly as an uh, as a company around yeah. this topic. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and when I first came, it was all it was just diversity, and yeah. it was largely uh, like everyone else. It was a checklist of right. like, okay, do you have a woman? Check. Yep. You know, <laughs> do you have a non-white? Check. Yep. And and uh, and there was there was no teeth behind it. And frankly, it was because we hadn't figured out why it mattered. And right. we had there wasn't the research, there wasn't the understanding, there wasn't the time spent on to understand why it matters. It was just a checkbox. Mm-hmm. And then we went through the journey to understand, like, no, why is it important, and why is it actually going to make or break our success as a company? Right. And it, it was at that moment when we realized that actually our success is hinged upon not a diversity that we're like, wow, okay, that's a very different worldview. When you're doing it because it's a checkbox versus doing it because it's going to fundamentally change your success or failure as an organization in the world, gosh, you, you, you lean into it differently. Um, and then I think what was most important to that is there's the realization that it matters but then and, the, and why, but then there's the how you go about it. And to me, it's about inclusion. And it's not, you know, inclusion is, is what causes diversity to become true. And um, I'm like, you can hire lots of diverse people, but if you don't include them, they will leave. And so it doesn't solve the problem, right? And so to me, inclusion was this deeper root issue that Mm -hmm. we really had to get at. And that's where I've seen us, um, thanks to, I give a ton of credit to Satya and Brad Smith and Amy and the leadership team on making that, um, helping us move forward in that area of really digging into what does it mean to be included and to be heard Mm -hmm. and what are the the small and and big behavioral problems that cause them to feel not included and what's the technology things that make people not included, accessibility and others. And so, uh, again, I think that we're finally getting at the the root, we know why and we're doing it at a root level versus just doing the activities around it in general. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah we've we've been I've been working a lot with Caruana Gatimu on the Microsoft Teams uh, team, and uh, we've she, when we were talking about diversity and inclusion, we mm. also started talking about intersectionality and belonging, and created the, calling it DIBS, you know, yeah. giving it an acronym, you know, if you will. So you know, <laughs> sort of linking all those things together. And I I agree with you on the inclusion part. Uh, that mm. I love what you said there about that because it does. It's you can't have one without the other. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to. 
Go ahead. Oh, I'm, I'm such, and on that one, I, I'm a huge fan. I don't know if you uh, follow Brene Brown at all. Oh, yes. Um, but, yeah. So I'm just such a huge fan of hers. And and to me, like all of her work around vulnerability and like the messy human part of life is such mm-hmm. a uh, so aligned with this yep. work around inclusion. Yeah. And cause I, I know every time I have someone on my team, you know, I'm like, welcome to the team. Guess, and I'm like, guess what? First of all, we're all humans. Mm-hmm. We're, we're hum- you know, humans first. Yep. And then we're also the employees here. Yeah. Um, but it's about that humanity. And to me, um, being comfortable uh, talking about the human parts of life and that we are different and what do we need to be fulfilled. And I think Brene Brown's work is so helpful in that area of understanding, giving us a language around that vulnerability ideas and talking about it and being braver around it. So yeah. I love, I think there's a nice confluence there. Yeah, absolutely. That Daring Greatly book definitely changed a lot of things for me when I read that one, I for sure. And I like the, yeah. Yeah, the human aspect of it. She swears a little. She's, you know, she's sassy pants, you know, which I yeah. like. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. She's completely yeah. authentic. That's true. No, yeah. And, you know, I want to ask about, um, so you're, uh, uh, for Azure, you're, mar- you're doing marketing. And there's a lot of listeners who are, t- you know, techie tech people, but there's lots yeah. of folks who are not, you know. And I was wondering, could you talk a little bit about kind of your role and, like, just what you do and, and, and maybe what Azure is, you know, and just give a little flavor of kind of what's your day-to-day look like? Yeah. Yeah. I love, uh, I actually love the, um, product marketing role at Microsoft is kind of unique. And, you know, again, when I was in, uh, in Twitter, Silicon Valley, I was doing more of what actually called program management or product management. Um, and when I came to Microsoft, I remember thinking, like, do I go program management? Do I do product marketing? It's kind of different here. And uh, essentially, the, my role is um, being a deep product to me, really understanding Azure, the technology, where we're going, um, and then tra- translating that into customer value. And, it, you know, I do lots of other things, trust me. But, like, that's the core of what my me and my team are, are about. And, you know, I have this wonderful, capable engineering team on one side who's, you know, these technology geniuses mm-hmm. um, but and can come up with amazing things but don't always necessarily know how to – map it to a customer need and I'm always like okay there's a headache and you have an aspirin what's the headache where's your aspirin and you know just helping kind of shape where we're focused why we're focused where we can be most useful in the world and then really really understanding uh, the customer pains and the customer you know opportunities and where they can use technology they never even thought of mm-hmm. and bringing those two things together and bringing them to life like that's that's the magic that's yeah. when it all works yeah um, so that's so that's that's what I do that's my role in the, in the company is and you know what the the, the tactics of that underneath it are, you know, deciding everything from, you know, the, the pricing, licensing, the business model, how we make money around Azure to um, how we go to market around that, what's our sales mix, our marketing mix, our channel mix, uh, all the aspects there. And then the beautiful art of storytelling and marketing and making people feel like, oh, my God, Azure is the place that I need to build my next app. Um, yeah. So all those pieces. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. And, you know, I, um, I've watched you, you know, your career for a long time. I'm you know, been around the SharePoint world since it was Tahoe as well. And, um, so fun and watching that business explode from literally a startup to, you know, billion dollar businesses today and, um, watching you, uh, become the speaker, a speaker, a demoer Mm. and all of that. Is that something that came naturally to you or were you like, Oh my goodness, here we go. Or like, how did that come about? You know, I know it's part of the job, but you know what I mean? For you, was it like, no problem, I got this? Or Oh, good Lord, no. I <laughs> I honestly, uh, I, t- I try and tell people this a lot because I think people struggle with it too. I was absolutely terrified of public speaking. Like, me, like a, a full-on terror fear. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And even I have this memory of my first job at Intuit, and I was at a team meeting with my boss and my three colleagues and me, and sitting at the table, very safe environment. And I, to speak up in that room, I would, my voice would shake, I'd get a little bit flushed. Like, I mean, when I say scared of public speaking, I'm like legit, um, <laughs> like even small room speaking. And so, um, and I, when, I, when I was at Harvard Business School, actually half of your grade is your, your in-class contributions, half your grades are tests. Have to grade your, you know, class participation, and literally to me that was torture. It was literally. I remember days I would like on Friday I'd call my parents and cry because I was so exhausted because I was like, oh my god, like hard. So it was terrible. Um, <laughs> anyway, so no, it did not come in any way naturally whatsoever, and it was just purely, a, you know, I got to Microsoft and I have this memory of watching. I think it was at the time of Stephen Elop, and he was talking about uh, something in the big stage at you know Worldwide Partner Conference. And I remember thinking, oh my god, I hope I never have to do that. I really, I hope, I hope I can be successful and never have to be there. And, uh, and then, you know, you go through your career and you have a friend, so there's this moment where you're like, shit, I'm going to have to do that. Like, I'm going to have to, otherwise right. I'm never going to go where I want to go. And like, this is actually an important leadership skill that yeah. I need to go get good at. So I just pure like exposure therapy style went and did classes. I did trainings. I forced myself to do presentations one after the next. And then, you know, each one got a little easier and got a little easier and then there was this moment and, uh, where I was like, oh, I think I might be a, a, actually good at this. Oh, my God. And then you, you kind of, like, pivot, and suddenly you're like, oh, my God, I actually like this. And so it was this fascinating journey of torture and pain to, like, oh, my gosh, I really, I really like this, and I have something to share with the world that I have this opportunity to do so. Um, but there was nothing pretty yeah. about it, that journey. Um, <laughs> there was nothing natural about that journey. <laughs> But I, but I like to share it because a, it's true. But b, it, I think a lot of people think that you know public speakers are just born, mm -hmm. and I'm like, it is a skill like anything else, right. and just like skiing or any you know whatever else or coding, you can just learn it, and there's no, it's just about fear and overcoming it. Yeah. So talk about the jacket. <laughs> Pulling the jacket. The jacket. Oh well, so you know, because we we just had what Michelle Obama just wore those boots, those uh, Balenciaga right. boots, and everybody went bananas. You know, and I was like, huh? you know, it's like it's about the book and about everything about the book, but it was like, oh man, it's about the boots though too. You know, so <laughs> <style> helps. <laughs> Always, you know what? Feel your best when you're bringing your best to the stage, right? And what makes yeah. you comfy? So I don't where did so I know it's kind of it's so listeners, it's it's so Julia like there's a you've worn leather jackets and just and i think uh, you're very stylish first of all and so i and a lot of us uh, ladies in the community are like man she always looks so good you know and so that you know, has this leather jacket i don't know did that yeah. come, did you pick that did the, how did that come about yeah how did that happen so the it was back it was actually five almost five years ago now when wow. uh, i was satya's first uh presentation as a ceo okay and that's when I, we were launching the office for ipad so that mm. was the, that was the moment of the the, the original jacket and i um <laughs> And I remember we, we were making a very conscious effort to be like, hey, this is a new CEO, it's a new Microsoft, and so it wasn't a big old stage, it wasn't a big arena, it was just yeah. a small intimate gathering, and um, and I wore what I would wear to work, uh, and so I wore a leather jacket, <laughs> and I, I honestly didn't think much about it, it was a nice leather jacket, but it really didn't cross my mind in a big way, um, but then like, you know, the, the 
world blew up about it and thought it was the greatest thing ever. And, you know, the Washington or whatever, the New York Post wanted to write about it. <laughs> but um, it was it was honestly a little bit of a fluke. Um, right. But it, uh, I loved what it did for the company in terms of it did say, gosh, this is a different face. This is a different energy you're seeing from Microsoft. And, mm. and it, frankly, it was all the things that I knew about Microsoft. We have few brilliant people and we're doing such important work. But, like, our image was so had gotten so bad. Mm. And so to me, you know, in, in a funny, odd way, helping the company get seen in a different light, and frankly, in a light that I thought was so justified, it yeah, was great. Sure. So that became the jacket. And then, of course, you know, after that moment, everyone just wants to know what I'm wearing. Yeah, right. My next and I'm like, how about you listen to what I'm saying? Yeah, right. And less about what I'm wearing. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's wings and wings. Both is fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it is an interesting thing being, you know, uh, and you know, I've been having lots of conversations with people about, you know, women in tech versus diversity in tech, and are they the same and are they different? Should we keep women in tech? Should we not? Is it now just diversity in tech and other people sort of pushing back and saying, well, you know, if we have it be diversity in tech, then, you know, what about all the work that women have done to get there and now it's everybody and that, you know, and I, it's been so interesting in this last year with a lot of those conversations happening and I don't know. How do, you, how do you feel about sort of that women in tech, diversity in tech? I mean, I still, I feel like we still need places and spaces for us, for us gals to, to hang uh-huh. out together, but that obviously we need the male allies too. And that's so important. I don't know. Are you seeing that? How are you seeing that inside of Microsoft? Is that something that's mm-hmm. being talked about or? You know? I do see it. I, it is definitely a conversation yeah. and it's a, and frankly, I'm just so thrilled we're having this level of conversation. Right? Like, awesome. <laughs> I know. It's awesome. like, everybody jump on. <laughs> Yay. Come on. Yeah. I know. So part of me is like, you know, I don't lament at all that there's like some hand wringing about this. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, honestly, it, because it's, you know, we're, back to we're all humans. There's truth in both things. Like when you're with people um, that are like you, like if you're with women or if you're with African-Americans or if you're with Asian-Americans, whatever your community is, you have a different sense of um, familiarity, safety, and ability to be vulnerable. And that's when I go to women's events, that's what I find is that there's just a comfort and a level of vulnerability that you don't find when there isn't. And um, so I think that's a sacred thing. And I think that serves an important, um, important aspect in inclusion. And then that being said, there's also shared experiences that all uh, all the you know quote, subgroups have of 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 being a minority, right? There's a shared experience in that, and there's learnings that can be shared in that, and we can all grow by understanding those perspectives of what each group's uh, minority experience has been like. So right. I think there's also good uh, opportunity and growth to be had in having a broader community discussion across kind of the sub-communities. Um, and again, it'll be different, right, um, yeah. than it is when you're just with your, your peeps. But yep. um, I think they serve different purposes, and I think they're both equally valid, frankly. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, definitely. Um, so maybe I'll, I'll, I'll get, get to wrapping up a little bit with you. I look, I can talk to you for like 14 hours. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, is there, you know, I know you have your sabbatical coming with a lot yeah. of joy, infused <laughs> which i love that um is there something else that's um that you're really excited about coming up that you could actually share that isn't a, a secret you know something that you're someplace you're speaking or you know something mm-hmm. that's coming up or even a place you're going i mean it doesn't even have to be worky work it could be yeah you know. can i do work and then a play one yeah um, yeah let's do both yeah um absolutely. so i i i can't too much about it um <laughs> but i have a, uh coming up in the next quarter i'll say um just this awesome moment where you know we, the company's been talking about the intelligent cloud and the intelligent edge and yeah. the idea of you know compute everywhere and how does cloud and ai help and we just have this moment where like gosh all these pieces are 
just kind of come together in a way that I think it's going to be so clear to people. Right? I think this idea of intelligent edge, intelligent clouds, like a very tech idea mm. and not necessarily, you know, generally transferable. But I think this moment where we're going to see it like come to life in a way that really affects, you know, everyone's life, like, oh, that's going to be a neat moment. So nice. that's very vague, but I'm excited for that. Um, <laughs> that's so stay fine. tuned uh, on that one. Yep. And then um, and then my on my fun side, my sabbatical, I'm spending three weeks in South America in um, the Ecuadorian rainforest, Galapagos, Machu Picchu. So, like, I just, yeah, can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. Well, that's great. Well, I thank you for being on and having a chat with me. It's so fun Absolutely. to hear about your background and so many things I didn't know. And thank you for sharing all of that stuff with us. I really appreciate it. And we can find you where online? Uh, I'm mostly a Twitter girl. Okay. So you can find me at Joel White on yeah. Twitter. My, okay. my primary hang. Your primary hang. Okay, cool. And then, you know, you can also follow Julia on LinkedIn as well. But um, yeah, and, and keep your eye on Azure. That's where she plays in the, in the uh, work world. And uh, you may see her in something different this year uh, with her presentations for her fashion but uh, listen to her because she's got a little a lot of great things to say and she's a powerhouse so Julia thank you so much for being on the original thanks for music having me. It's on a this pleasure. podcast Absolutely. was created All right. by thanks Jess everybody Pappage. that's another episode bye